Let's open our Bibles. I'm jumping straight into it because my heart's full. Let's open it to Colossians chapter 4. And we're going to be starting in verse 2. And like I said, every part of this service this morning has somehow tied into what I'm talking about. Even Stephanie speaking over us with the anointing of the Holy Spirit ties into what I'm talking about. She started to talk about how we, we as a body are needing to devote ourselves to Jesus. Everything for Jesus in prayer and worship. You give it all, right? Well, the title of my message today is this, Devotion Equals Multiplication. That's the title of my message this morning. Devotion equals multiplication. We're going to talk about what that means. What does devotion multiply in your life? What does it do in your life? The main text is Colossians chapter 4, starting in verse 2, and I'm going to read through verse 6. But before I read that, I just want to spur your mind, and I want you to begin to think, okay, what is devotion? Now, I'm not talking about the little books and you open them up and that is devotion and those are devotionals, of course. But devotion is basically, if I can create my own definition, it's probably close to it, is whatever you put your time and your focus on. For me, for half of my life, I'm 25, so until the age of 19, I devoted myself to a sports game called basketball. I devoted every waking moment, every waking minute, minute, every waking thought that I could to basketball. And because of that, in my devotion, what was the multiplication in my life? I was good at it. Ask a brother over here. I hadn't played in a long time, and I played with him the other day, and I gave it to him. He couldn't even, he was like, oh my gosh. He was surprised. I think he was more surprised, and I was more surprised, because I hadn't touched a ball in like a year and a half. But my point is, whatever you devote yourself to, that's what you'll be good at. That's what you'll be good at. Whatever you choose to do, someone who is brilliant and devoting themselves to studying, they're to become even more brilliant, right? Somebody who's devoting themselves to making a lot of money like our society promotes, what are they going to do? They're probably going to make a lot of money or they're going to do everything they can to, to, to try to. Devotion to whatever it is will multiply something in your life. And so Paul in this scripture, he's talking to, first off, let's make this clear, he's talking to the church. Paul's not talking to his Uncle Joe, okay, or Aunt Betty, who he wrote a letter to. He, he wrote a letter to the church, and this letter has been preserved and put into scripture, into canon for us to read, for us to know why, because it applies to us as the body of Christ, as the church. And so what he's about to say in verse two, I want every person to listen to, even myself, because this is so vital to understand. Let's look at this first verse right here. Verse two of chapter four in Colossians. He says, devote yourselves to prayer. I'll stop right there. Devote yourselves to prayer. My question to you this morning is this, are you devoted to prayer? I might break some toes this morning. That's okay, because God can heal them. Are you devoted to prayer in your life? And not only in your personal life, but are we as a church devoted to prayer? Are we devoted to it? When I first got saved, 
back in 2014 going into 2015. Do you know what transformed my life the most? It wasn't making sure that I never missed a church service though I needed to be in church. It wasn't always being sure that I read the latest book about five steps to do this great. It wasn't about any of those things that I could do within myself. The thing that made the biggest impact and difference was I made this declaration that I had never made in my life before, that I said, God, I'm gonna devote myself to prayer. You gotta understand, up until the age of 19, I never prayed. I didn't even know how to pray. I lived in a home where we didn't pray. We might pray over the food if it was a special occasion, like Easter or Christmas or something like that, you know? Typical type of deal. But I never could comprehend or even understand what prayer could do for my life. And so when I first got saved, my first question to Pastor Charles was, as I said, what do I do? I'm in this new life. I mean, the day I got saved, I said, what do I do now? See, I'm the type of person, I need action. I want to grab hold of something and do it. I don't like floating around wondering. I hate that. And sometimes God will let you floating around and wonder because he's putting you there because he needs you to come back and devote yourself to him. And so he said two things, and I love it. I love it because I tell my young students this all the time. Get a Bible and pray. I could ask Eli right now what the motto was for every summer. Eli, what was the motto that we, what is it? Discipleship and prayer. prayer. Pastor Reese, what are we doing today? We going to, you know, we going to play football? We're going to do some discipleship and prayer. And when you tell a 15-year-old that, they're like, Part of them's like, yeah, they're smiling at you. And deep down inside, they're like, I should have stayed home. What am I doing? What am I doing? But I can say this, the discipleship and prayer that I had with this young man one-on-one or with other groups of young men made an impact in his life. That's why he's sitting in here today. Because of Jesus. Because of the prayer. A few weeks ago, he came into this room. Is it cool if we take our time today? I'm taking my time, man. I don't care. Okay. This is about Jesus, all right? We came in here, he came in here a few, a few weeks ago on a Wednesday night or, or Wednesday afternoon before service. He helps out and he's kind of a, a, a student leader, kind of a young adult leader for us. He's in the works of that. I give him a pass a little bit and let him participate because he missed half of his senior year in the youth ministry. So I'm like, you can make up for some of it now if you, know, if you feel like it. But he serves and helps us in leadership. But the thing is, is he texted me and said, I'm on my way. And when I got here, I'm alone. No one's in the church. And I turn music on and I just start to pray. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. Listen, I'm trying to give an example of what can happen when you just devote yourself to prayer. And so I'm in here praying and I see that Eli pulls up and what do I do? Do I go outside and strike up a conversation with Eli and tell him you know, how this, that, and the other and talk about this? I walked over, unlocked the door, and then just walked back and kept praying. And Eli saw me. I didn't even say a word to him when he came in. He came in, he, he was kind of looking for me to say something, and I'm over here praying. And you know what Eli did? Eli came in and he started praying. He didn't say a word to me. And then you know what started happening? The presence of God just started intensifying. 
Something started happening. And we're singing, and we're not over here like, Jesus loves me. I mean, we're singing. We're weeping. We're singing. He's weeping. He's in the altars. He's on his face. Did I do that? Did I go over and pray a special pastor prayer over him, and he get laid out? No. What happened is, is Eli came in and said, okay, it's time to devote ourselves to prayer. Let's focus on this now. And then what happened was, is God's presence began to manifest on him. And I just stood in the corner and watched and thanked God because I realized something has nothing to do with me. It has to do with the fact that we devoted ourselves in that moment to prayer. My question again to you is this, are you devoting yourself to prayer? It's so simple. I wanna see Jesus move in my life. I wanna see him move through me. Well, are you devoting yourself to prayer? Because it won't happen if you don't do that. It won't happen. And did you know this? We will not see revival in this church if we as a corporate body are not devoting ourselves to prayer. We won't. I don't care how many, you know, how many you know, nickels you throw in the fountain of wishing or whatever your method is of wanting something to come to pass, it will not happen until every person in this room says, die hard, this is it, we're devoting ourselves to prayer. Because every great move of God started with the devotion to prayer. What's the biggest, greatest move of God that's ever happened? The day of Pentecost. How did it start? In prayer. They weren't up there watching the Cowboys play football. A TV wasn't invented. Distraction, they removed. And they said, Jesus said, wait, devote yourself to me. You see, devotion equals multiplication in your life. Devotion to God will equal a multiplication of God in your life. That's where it starts. So he says, verse two, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Verse three, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should and be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. How is our prayer life and the expression of our daily lives matching this scripture? Remember, he's speaking to the church. He's not just speaking to one person. If you have a religious mindset that it's up to all the pastors and leaders to somehow create revival in the church, you have totally missed the boat. You have totally missed it. I'm sorry. And if you carry that ideal, I'm sorry, you will wait on revival forever. You'll never see it. Because it first starts when every one of us say, this is it, Jesus, we're devoted. And you know what? There's some people that won't do that. And that's between them and God. But see, there's others who will say, I'm in. You see, the 120, they were in. I guess what they were blessed with, the first outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And then the next 3,000 were in. And guess what they were blessed with? The outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You have to be all in or all out. There's not this special gray area. I hear so many people talk about that. There's this area of, of I'm like, I, please tell me where it is because I've never seen it in my walk of faith. It's either you're all in 
or you're all out. My first point this morning is this. Devotion to God first is the beginning of true growth. Your devotion to God first is the beginning of the true growth in your life with him. Not just personally, but us corporately as a body. If we wanna see the manifestation of God, we have to say we're gonna be devoted to God as a church, as a body. I saw the manifestation in my life to the point that it scared my family, terrified them. My mom would come home and I'd be in the prayer closet for four hours. She'd think, I was, you're 19 years old and you're in a prayer closet for four hours? There's something wrong with you. What's going on with you? Why are you doing this? My mom had, didn't have that full understanding at the time. But then one day, when she was hanging up my clothes in my closet and she broke down in tears and the presence of God came upon her, she understood something. You see, it was my devotion to prayer that brought a deeper manifestation of his presence. Some of you want to feel God's presence. You want to experience his outpouring. But you're not willing to step aside and to devote yourself for it. Jesus every day. What does it say in scripture? Some of you could quote it. It says he would get up early in the morning and do what? Pray. Do you think Jesus was just going to pray because he felt like he had to? Or do you think Jesus was going to pray because he knew his devotion had to be on God for the purpose that he had in his life? You see, we like to compartmentalize God. We like to say, okay, God, I give you this time, and then this is my time, and I'm a part of this world. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. You're no longer of this world. Your whole world has been turned upside down, and now you're a part of my kingdom. And so now the center focus isn't, I got my time and Jesus' time. It's Jesus' time is my time. And again, some people... That's too hard. Pastor Reese, how do you know it's too hard? Read John chapter six, when Jesus tells all of the disciples, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. You know what he was saying? You must be devoted to me. And what did they say? This is a hard word. They left, right? They were gone. They were like, forget you, Jesus. What did the 12 say? Where will we go? For you have the words of truth and eternal life. See, the 12s were it. They, they said, this is it. We're all in, Jesus. And you saw what happened and what came of their lives. Devotion to God first is the beginning of true growth. Notice how Paul's first priority is for the people of God to focus on prayer first. He doesn't say go win the lost. He doesn't say devote yourself to evangelism and winning and growing the church. He doesn't say that. Why? Because devotion to prayer is a by, the byproduct is winning the lost. It is reaching the lost. It is when you begin to pray for someone and a burden from the Holy Spirit just fills you and you start to pray harder and harder and harder for them, something spiritually breaks and there's a move of God in their life or an opportunity to speak into their lives. Are we doing that? Are you doing that? I'm here to instruct you. I'm not here to give you a feel-good hearted message and afterwards we eat tacos. Even though tacos, we are gonna do that. <laughs> praise God, right? Pra praise God for that. But are we doing this? Are we devoting ourselves? Not just in our personal life, but as the body of Jesus Christ. 
That's the thing that I really want to touch on today. We have prayer meetings on Tuesdays. And we have one that starts at 6.30 in the evening. Are you willing to come? Well, Pastor Reese, I got this and I got that. I almost got fired from two secular jobs because I told them I wouldn't work on Wednesdays. And they fought me over it. Are you willing to do that for Jesus? But if I lose my job, well, are you willing to know that if you honor Jesus with all of your time and said, you know what, Jesus, I'm gonna make sure I'm gonna be there. Don't you think Jesus would supply you with another job? <laughs> like, I'm like, what? Think about it. Come on, who is he? Who is he to you? I want us to understand as a church that we have to be devoted to prayer. I can't be there every week, Pastor Reese. That's fine. Just come once at least. Can you come to one prayer meeting? Could we have this many people in one prayer meeting and let's see what happens for an hour? You might leave set free from all sorts of things that you didn't even know you had in you. You might leave with an immediate response from someone that you prayed for saying, something happened to me tonight. Can I talk to you about Jesus? You might leave with the testimony of God's grace and power overflowing in your life. But if you never come, you'll never experience it. I, I feel sorry for all those disciples that left. They never got to experience it. They left when the going got tough. You see, Paul didn't say devotion would be easy or it would be hard. He just said devotion, period. Are we doing that? Jesus told his disciples that they were to do what? Pray and what? Never give up. Do you know what portion of scripture is tied to with that? It's in Luke chapter 18. And how many of you maybe know off the top of your head or heart what Luke 18 is talking about? Is the parable of who? The judge and the old widow lady and that lady had a problem you know what her problem was she was devoted to going to that judge and making sure she got justice overwhelmed the judge I mean he couldn't get rid of her didn't matter what he did it'd be like going to the supermarket and always you see that one person they're always there somehow they always show up it's like she was there always you know He'd kick her out of, the, of where he was, where he was working. And then, but she'd show up somewhere else. Here I am. I need my justice. You see, Jesus was giving that parable to give the understanding of this. The church is called to pray and to never give up. But if we don't pray, then we'll always give up. If you don't pray, you will always give up. I don't care what it is. You'll give up. Because when you are in prayer, the supernatural spirit of God en enables you to keep going. I think of Paul. How in the world did this guy do this? I mean, it's just every day I'm just like, man, Jesus has to be so real. Because this man gave up everything, gave it to Jesus to obey and follow Jesus, was beaten near to death more times than we could count, shipwrecked. I mean, after that one, you'd think he'd be like, is this worth it? Like, but it was all worth it. It was all worth it. What is it worth to you to be devoted to Jesus? The sad thing is, is he's devoted to you. 
What does it say? Hebrews. It says he's our great, what? Our great high priest. What was the high priest's job? It's to pray for the people. It was to direct the people in the spiritual wisdom of God. It was to conduct the sacrifices and the ceremonies and to go in the holy place in the holy of holies once a year. Do you understand Jesus is your high priest? And it says in Hebrews that he sits at the mercy seat and he continuously forever prays for you in intercession. Do you understand what intercession is? Intercession is calling you by name. Intercession is going before your behalf and praying for you. He's devoted to you. Can we be devoted to him? Remember, devotion equals what? Multiplication, right? You see God multiply in your life. Devotion will always bring about growth in some way. God is calling us to be experienced in prayer with one another, to come together as the body and meet in devotion. Not devotion with one another first. Notice something. I think if I would have stopped what God was doing that Wednesday, Eli maybe wouldn't have had a touch from God that he needed. I think if I would have gone out and pip-pipped a diddly-doo and started talking to him and whatever, I feel like guess what would have happened? My focus would have been completely distracted and I would have no longer been focused on what God was trying to do. And Eli, I think, would have came in and we probably would have just carried on. I would have turned down the music and we wouldn't have said anything else or kept going. That's real, because that's what happens. Come on. That's why I used to get so upset with my mom. Because <laughs> she would come in and she knew, she, she always knew. If she walked in and the prayer light was on in the closet, she was like, I ain't touching that door until he leaves that room because I was so serious. And I wasn't mean to her. I just say, mom, please don't interrupt me. This is my time with Jesus. How do you approach your time with Jesus, your devotion to him? Is he like that one friend that you have to talk to? That one person that you know, oh man, there's that. <sighs> Great, there they are. I gotta say hi. Or is Jesus the one like Mary Magdalene that you fall before his feet and you weep and you pour your tears out upon him? and you love him with all devotion and desire. What is he to you? Prayer is not just speaking, but it's listening, it's waiting, it's watching, it's thanking, it's pursuing God for what he's done and what he's doing in your life. Are you a part of our church's prayer meetings? I bet someone in here has never set foot in one. I'll bet you $100 I could leave here with it. That's a harsh thing to say, Pastor Reese. No, that's real. Sorry. You know, one day God's gonna look at my life. And he's gonna say, Reese, you were so faithful. You did this and that. But you never called the people to pray. And here's this man right here telling a church, you need to devote yourself to prayer. Why was he saying that? Because he was wanting to make sure they were doing it. Because if they weren't, that was a problem. We have to be devoted to prayer. We have to be devoted to drawing near to God. God is calling us to a place of prayer so we can be full, so we can be ready in what? In season and what? Out of season? You know, people will be like, yeah, I'm all, I'll be ready in season. How, how are you ready out of season? It's prayer. Prayer keeps you ready for all things. 
And if I'm not praying, guess what? You won't be ready in or out. Doesn't matter. Does not matter. I want to read you this study note that's in my fire Bible that relates to this second verse. This is what it says. Devote yourselves means to continue steadily or to persevere, and it implies strong determination and passion for prayer. Being watchful means being spiritually awake or alert. Being watchful isn't like (laughs) just watching. It's being awake. Do you view your prayer time as a nap? You can rest in God's presence. I'm not shaming anybody for that. But if you've created the idea of every time I go meet with Jesus, it's time to kick back my feet and fall asleep. And you do it every time. I don't know. Maybe you've created your personal nap time that you stamp Jesus on. Or do you get down and you draw near to him? Do you worship him in your time of prayer? Some people think time of prayer is you go in and you just talk. I view it as just like a Sunday morning service. You know where I got this message? Prayer. I didn't come up with it. You know what I was doing? Uh, I'll just give you insight for, 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 for this. And I'm not special. I'm nothing but a servant. I went this week, I just went to my prayer closet. You can ask my wife. I shut the door and I said, I'm gonna spend time in prayer. I don't know how long I was in there, but I was in there praying. And do you know what came to my mind? The first, the first moments of prayer It was not, God, give me a message. God, give me a message. God, give me a message. God, give me this. God, give me that. Give give me this. I need that. I literally said, Lord, I don't want to focus on anything but you right now. I just want to give you glory. And in my terrible singing, I'm sure my wife could hear it because I had headphones in and I was singing my heart out in that little closet. I know she heard it. And I don't care that she heard it because I wasn't singing for her. I was singing for him. I made it my devotion. I'm here for you. I don't need the sermon yet. You can give it to me whenever you want. And guess what happened? I don't know, maybe 30, 40 minutes into it, all of a sudden I heard in my spirit, read Colossians chapter four. Colossians chapter four, and I just start to read. I just start to write. There you go. That's how I write a sermon. I don't theologically, in my own understanding, try to create something because I know it'll be nothing compared to what he can do. You see, some of you, your difficulty with sharing Jesus isn't because you don't want to share Jesus. It's because you first need to be devoted to him. And what will happen is your devotion for him will strengthen and enable you to share Jesus with others. Your fear will suddenly disappear in boldness. You know, some of the most boldest times of of seeing God move were the times after I prayed. The first time I ever saw a man get healed through the power of the Holy Spirit, I was leaving Jason's house and we were having a prayer meeting, him and I. And guess what? I wasn't a pastor. I was just, dude, I was just love Jesus. And I left that place and I stood on his porch and I said, Holy Spirit, I say yes to you. I wonder if he heard me, I don't know. But I said, I say yes. And I walked to my car and I got in my car. And when I got in my car, I heard the Holy Spirit say back to me, go to the nearest gas station and a man will be healed. And I began to chuckle, I began to laugh. I began to joke myself and think, I'm absolutely nuts. I've fallen off my rocker. I have lost it. But then I heard it again. And I went and I got there. And guess what? I was terrified. 
You think I was sweating, sweating now, I was sweating then. Whoo! I was like, oh my gosh, I'm actually doing this. I'm, I'm a crazy man. What is happening? Oh my gosh. And I'm sitting here in the car and I'm having a freak out moment in my mirror. I'm looking at myself like, you're going to go to a psych ward. Like they're going to throw you in, you know, a mental hospital. What are you doing? And then I got out and I said, no, I'm going to obey. And I didn't see anybody. There's like nobody there. I'm like, great. Now I look even more stupid. And then a car pulls up and a man gets out and he's shuffling his foot like this all the way to the gas station door. And the Holy Spirit said, that's the one. And so like a madman, I'm pacing outside waiting for him to come out. I went in and bought a Gatorade because I was so nervous. Had to drink something to calm my nerves. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, and he's getting his gas. And I'm thinking, if I don't, if I don't do this, he's gonna be gone. And then I'm going to miss something. So I go up to him and I said, you know, as soon as he walked out, I said, sir, uh, can, can, I, can I pray for you? I know this is really weird. I know this is really random, but can I pray for you? And he looked at me and said, yes. And I was like, well, that's step one. Oh, you did it. Okay. <laughs> I got in, right? He said, yes. Okay. And so I was standing there and, and and I said, well, I noticed that your leg, you know, did, did you do something to this, that? He said, well, I was injured in war for my country. And he had his veteran hat on. A grenade had gone off, a shrapnel had gone on his leg. He had dealt with it for years. And he said, you know, I, I, I deal with it constantly and I can't do anything with my leg. And I said, well, can I pray for your leg? And he said, yes. And I got down on my knees and I just prayed the simplest prayer you've ever heard in your whole life. And I stood up and I said, how does it feel? If you could rate it on a one to a 10, how does it feel? And he said, ah, it's about an eight. I said, well, can I pray again? There's nothing wrong with praying twice. There's nothing wrong with praying three times. I mean, come on. <sighs> Who cares how many times you prayed? So I get back down and I prayed again. I said, well, how's it feel now? And he said, it's a nine. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm putting him in more pain. I've made it worse. <laughs> like, what am I doing? It went from an eight to a nine. And I looked at him and said, sir, I'm so sorry. He goes, what's wrong? I said, I made it worse. He goes, I thought 10 was perfect. <laughs> See, we had our scale backwards. <laughs> I said, I thought you meant 10, like nine, like bad. He's like, no, no, nine, like good. And I said, can we pray it one more time and make it a 10? He said, amen. And we prayed one more time. And he said, it's a 10. And this man, I'm not even kidding. He didn't know how to river dance, but he just started river dancing. He just started dancing around, jumping on his legs, shouting and yelling. Oh my gosh, I haven't been able to do this for years. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And he's jumping up and down. He goes, I was going to the doctor tomorrow and I was praying, God, can you intervene in some way and help me so I don't have to go to the doctor? Simple as that. He looks at me, gives me the biggest hug, and says, thank you so much for being obedient to Jesus. And got in his car and left. I never saw the man again. I got in my car shaking. Oh, my gosh. I called Jason. Jason probably remembers the call. Jason! Jason! I'm yelling. And he's thinking, like, I've wrecked. He's like, oh, my gosh, where are you? I'm like, no, 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 no. And I tell him. What was I doing before that? Devotion and prayer. You want to see God manifest in your life? Devote yourself to him in prayer and you'll see it. Man, it's 11.50. I ain't even at the second point yet. 
This is good. It says, being watchful, I'm going to finish this and we'll keep going. Being watchful means being spiritually awake or alert. In order to be devoted to prayer, we must be alert to the many things that will distract us from this purpose. Have you ever noticed when you decide to devote yourself to prayer, it's like 50,000 people text you, you get 500 emails. Like the car alarm, you know, the car alarm's going off across the street, the police show up. You're like, what is going on? Why is this happening? You at that time, you have to say, no, I'm not getting distracted. And you have to focus in. It says Satan and our flesh will distract us and the pleasures of this world can often attempt to rob us from our time of prayer and devotion. We must be mature in our prayer time. Prayer was at the heart and the life of the New Testament church. They didn't do anything without first praying. They didn't do anything, anything without first praying. So what is, your, what is our devotion as a church? I would like for people on the street to come in and say this one thing. Trinity Life Church can pray. They can pray. Hey, you need to come with me. Why? Well, I just started going to this church and last week I went to their Tuesday night prayer meeting and there was a hundred people in it and we saw five people get healed. We saw all these amazing things happen and then what happens is revival starts to spread because of why? Not because of you, because of your devotion to Jesus and his manifestation and his multiplication of his presence and there's an explosion of God. And guess what draws people? It's not you and me, it's the Holy Spirit. He draws them, and then when we're here, we love them. But it starts with prayer. It starts in prayer. What is our church about? Is it about prayer, or is it about something else? The church is the body of believers, not the building. The body of believers coming together. Are we devoted as a body of believers, as people to prayer? Are we devoted to it? The church is not a one man or one woman show, not a small percentage, but it is the entire body of people. Do you understand when Jesus looks at our church, he doesn't go, okay, 3.5% here and this and that and there. He sees the church. That's what he sees, the entirety of the church. When he looked at the seven churches in the book of Revelation, he saw them in entirety and he judged them in entirety. You see, we don't do that as people. As people, we like to pick out the good and leave out the bad. Or we like to really express the bad and forget the good. But Jesus looks at both. And what does he see in our church? What does he see? Because when he looks at our church, he's looking at you and me. He's not looking at this building. He's not looking at these walls we painted. He's, not lo he's looking at us, our hearts. And that's what he determines his church is. The first church, what was their problem? They did everything right in the book of Revelation. You can read it. They did everything right. The church at Ephesus did everything right. They were the model church, man. Come on, look at him. He's like, man, you have a fire for the lost. You go out and you preach the gospel. You abhor from evil and you hate anything that's against me. I mean, he list goes on. And then he said this, but you forgot one thing. You forgot about me. You forgot your first love and devotion. It's me. You see, we could do all those great things. We could do, do 5,000 outreaches and feed every person in this community. But if we are not coming together as the church in prayer, it means nothing. To me, it means nothing. Because then it's man-made effort. Because I've seen businesses do the same thing. I've seen the Salvation Army do the same thing. Nothing against the Salvation Army. But they do the same thing. They feed the hungry and clothe them. I mean, they do the same thing. 
So how are we different? How are we different? It has to be through prayer. It has to be through devotion to prayer. I'm telling you right now, if every, every person in this room showed up this Tuesday for prayer, there'd be a move of God like you've never seen before. I guarantee it like I guaranteed the brother that I was praying with the other day when I said, when you give all this to Jesus, I don't know when, I don't know how, but he's gonna make a, need, make a way for all of it and you're gonna have every need met and all this. I'm speaking it to him and then he comes in this Sunday morning <laughs> praising God with me. It's Jesus. It's devotion to him. If we're gonna be the church that multiplies and grows, it has to start first with our devotion for prayer. We have to grow in prayer. We are not, I'm, I'm just being real, we're not gonna see revival with five people coming to a prayer meeting. If that's too hard for you, okay, I can't change that in you. And I understand there's people who have struggles and disabilities. I'm not knocking on you, but every young, healthy, or middle-aged person in this room that has no reason to not be here, why are you not here? We need you. Some people don't like the fact that I'm saying this right now. But I know again, like I said, God's gonna judge me one day. And maybe Jesus would have had a better report for the church at Ephesus if those leaders would have realized that they had forgotten their first love. You think there was a pastor over that church? You think there was leaders in that church? Absolutely. They overlooked it. Well, you know, we don't want to displease anybody. We don't want them going down to the other church where they have fun. I'd rather see the move of God than have fun. Sorry. <sighs> Sorry. I'd rather see people get healed and set free from demonic oppression and possession than have fun and have a pizza party. Because you know why? That's fruit that lasts. You know why? Because that's, that's gold, silver, and precious stone. You know what the other stuff is? It's wood, hay, and stubble. And when the fire comes, it'll be gone. Just wait. Just wait. Our second point is this. Devotion to God in prayer opens doors in our lives. And it gives us the anointing that we need for God's work. Devotion to Jesus and to prayer opens doors. It opens doors. That's where it starts. Look back at that verse, starting in verse three. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message. Okay, hold on. This is the dude, okay? This is Paul. Come on now. This is the guy. You mean Paul didn't know what he was doing? Absolutely right. He didn't know where he was going at one point. He didn't know what the plan was, but he knew this. I need to pray. And I need to get the church to pray with me. It's not just me praying. Some of you in this room, you want to abhor all your personal prayers because you're scared of what the church as a corporate would say to it. No, no, no. Maybe your breakthrough is when you share it with the church and we pray as a church and God manifests through the church. Because maybe your need will be met by someone who's sitting right next to you and you don't even realize that they're the one that's going to meet that need. You don't even, because you're too stubborn in your own pride to say, should I share this? See, if we're the church, we'll share it. If we're the church, we'll be devoted to prayer and we'll open our lives up with one another and love one another. He says, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ. How are we pursuing opportunities as disciples of Jesus? My next question. How are you pursuing your opportunities as a disciple of Jesus? 
Are we going after our own selfish ambitions and then just tagging Jesus onto them or are we asking God for his will to be done? Paul speaks of how God opened a door for them in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, I'm not, uh, 16, 9. I'm not gonna read it for time's sake. But in 1 Corinthians, go back to it. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse nine. And Paul even says, it might be up there. And Paul even says, God made a way, God opened a door for us. You see, God's the one that's gonna open the doors. God will open the doors in our lives if we'll first pursue him in prayer and devotion. Some of you don't know what to do, and what you need to do is devote yourself to prayer, and you'll know what to do. You'll know exactly what to do. It will then not just be a door, but it'll be a door that he's chosen for you. I love this. I thought of this when I was praying over this. How many of you ever remember those old game shows, right? They're still around. They just revamp them, right? And they'll have the doors, right, on the stage, and you know, the, or the curtains, they'll be like, what's behind door number one? They'll open it, you know, and it'll be like a toaster oven. You're like, that stinks. I feel bad for that guy, you know, and the price is right when it's like KitchenAid and you're like, and you're a man, he's like a six, five, 200 pound man. He gets the KitchenAid door and he's like, great. And he's not married. Awesome. You know, like door number one, right? And then they go to door number two, right? And for some reason, door number three is always the best. Seems like. But a lot of the times I've noticed they'll mix them up, you know. You see, it's the same thing with God. You have doors in your life. You have opportunities in your life. And my question to you this morning is, is in your devotion to prayer, are you asking God to open the correct door that has the best prize, that has the best opportunity? Or are you settling for the toaster oven that's behind door number one that you don't even need? That's more stressful and hard to use than anything else, right? That's just as good as the one you already have yet you settle for it. Come on. God has opportunities for you, but God's the one that knows which door to open for you. But if you're not devoting yourself to him, like Paul here is saying, he said, hey, hey, pray with us, pray with us that God opens the right door, that God opens. See, Paul wasn't just like running around everywhere, you know, <laughs> like, all right, guys, today we're gonna go to Forney and just, you know, freak everybody out with the gospel and probably get kicked out of there. No, God was, God was directing him, why? Because God was preparing hearts of people. God was preparing opportunities there when he got there. Brother Brad and I, he didn't even know I was gonna use this in the illustration and neither did I, because God is just so good. This morning when we were talking, he was talking about the instance of when Paul was, was in, in, I believe it was Athens or Rome, and, and he was there. And you remember the story in the Bible about the unknown God? Did you know that story has a backstory? Did you know that almost 400 years prior, there was a, I guess you could say for time's sake, a, a ungodly oracle or prophet of their age. And in that time, there was a plague happening amongst the people. And randomly, God spoke to this person and said, we need to make a sacrifice to the God of all gods. And this is documented. This is real stuff. I believe Brother Brad because I know his heart and his brain. He studied this thing out. And he's, I've never heard this. And he says, did you know that 400 years prior that actually this, this oracle, this prophet of their age, of their world, wasn't serving Jesus, didn't know who Yahweh was, because you gotta remember this is back in the Old Testament in a sense, before Jesus was born, had prophesied and said, listen, we need to seek after the God of all gods and make a sacrifice unto them. They sacrificed 
of sheep and goat to this unknown God and he healed them of their plague. And the people said, what do we call this God? What do we call this God? And he said, don't call him anything that you can create and your own self because it would be completely blaspheming him. We'll just call him the unknown God. And did you know that Paul happened chance was just walking along and he knew the backstory because later in other scripture, Brother Brad told me, told me he quotes that same man that's, that wrote these things and prophesied these things who wasn't serving he brings up who the unknown God is. Do you see the door right there? Do you see how God set that up? But what if Paul was like, oh, I'm not going there. I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to do something else. Then those people wouldn't have been reached. You see, some of you are doing that in your life. You're opening doors without first going to God, without first going to Jesus in devotion or in prayer. And then you're getting upset when it doesn't work. <laughs> That's because you opened the wrong door. See, God has things that he wants to do, but if we don't make him our devotion first, we'll never know what it is that he wants to do. See, people are making decisions without God, and that's dangerous. Very dangerous. It's scary. Paul, he says, I'm in chains to Jesus. He was devoted to Jesus. He wanted Jesus in his life. Whatever Jesus wanted for him, that's what he wanted. And some of you here are struggling with that because you're devoted to yourself and you're devoted for tra to trying to find God's purpose and meaning for your life that lines up with your ideas and your desires. You know, when I first got saved and I realized that God was calling me to be a preacher, I didn't want to be a preacher. I wanted to go into the army. I was already ready. I had it planned. I had my future set in my mind, I wanted to go into the special forces. I had the mentality for it. I wanted to do it. That's what I wanted. And then God called me to preach and said, I got something else for you. Do you know how scared I was? Terrified. Nobody chooses this willingly. No. And if they do, they got a couple screws loose. I'm, ki I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But the reality is this. Some of you want to know what God's purpose is for you, the meaning of your life, but you're lining it up with your ideas. You're lining it up with what you want and how you want to make it. Okay, it's going to be scripted like this. God's like, sorry, it's not going to be scripted like that. It's going to be what I want. But if we're not devoting ourselves to that, then how can we have that? You have to die to yourself. Isn't that what Jesus said? You have to die to devotion to him, to God first. And then in your relationship with him, he gives you new life and meaning and purpose. He creates in you what he's desiring for you to do through that time of devotion, through that time of prayer. And you know what I say this morning? I say, thank the Lord Jesus Christ that he was the perfect lamb. You know why? Because if he was anything like us, he would have ran from God's purpose for his life. How do you know that? How do you know that, Pastor Reese? Because if he was in selfish, prideful sin like us, I don't think he would have died on the cross. I think he would have said, just like we would have said, mm, I don't know about that. You see, we're willing to do it now because the spirit of God lives in us. But you take a worldly person out there and you say, die for Jesus, they say, <laughs> you're crazy. You see, the spirit of God enables you to do the work of God now. But what if Jesus wouldn't have done what he did? 
Jesus' business, his life was to obey God, was to obey the Father, to go where God was telling him to go, to do what God was telling him to do. I had about five or six scriptures I was gonna read and I'll just name them off and they can pull them up and you can read them. In John chapter four, verse 34, Jesus alludes to this. In John chapter five, verse 16 through 19, Jesus alludes to this. In John chapter six, verse 38, Jesus alludes to this. In John chapter eight, verse 29, he alludes to this. I'm about my father's business. I'm about what he wants. I'm devoted to him. And what did God do? Open every door that needed to be open for him to accomplish the ministry and the work that he had called him to do in his life. Even to the point of death. I'm gonna read this uh, translation. It's the New Living Translation and it's Mark chapter 14, verse 32 through 36. And this is what it says. It says, they went to the olive grove called Gethsemane and Jesus said, sit here while I go and pray. And he took Peter, James, and John with him and he became deeply troubled and distressed. And he told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little farther and he fell to the ground and he prayed that if it were possible that the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. He didn't wanna do it. Let's, let's pause. What if that's all we ever got? What if that was it? We would have never known. Then he goes on to say, Abba, Father, he cries out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Devotion, totally devoted. What was the multiplication? Your salvation. Your salvation was the multiplication from his devotion. Your freedom from sin, your forgiveness, your healing, your redemption, your justification, your new identity in Christ. You're raised from the old and brought new into the new life. That was the multiplication because he, re he, he was resurrected on the third day. But if he wouldn't have been devoted like he was, would we be where we are today? Who's, whose will are you following and are you opening doors that God said to keep shut? Next thing is this, it's only 12.08 guys, it's okay, we're, we're eight minutes past. Oh my gosh, we're eight minutes past. Your stomach is still there, okay? All right, so, listen, we don't have to go far, the food's right there, okay? It's ready to come out, all right? The next thing is this, look at verse four of Colossians chapter four. It says, pray that I proclaim it clearly as I should. Not only will God open the right doors, but he'll give you the understanding and the clarity to do his will as you walk in it. Some of you are afraid to walk in the calling that God has given you because you don't think you know enough and you don't think you've done enough. Well, I say that's wrong because that's not what scripture teaches. What Paul is asking them is to pray for him to be able to speak clearly. And I have this moment, I'm like, wait a second. This guy started this church. Don't you think if he wasn't speaking clearly, he wouldn't have, like, it wouldn't have happened, right? Yet, he's saying, I need more clarity. I need more understanding. If Paul needed it, we need it. We need it. God will give that to us. 
This is the guy that started the church in Colossae. He's the one who used, was used by God in the community to heal the sick, to restore them, to bring people back from the dead, to share the gospel with them. And yet here he is saying to them, I need you to pray for me so that I can have the ability to teach, preach, and share Jesus more clearly. I mean, you would have thought he had it down, right? <laughs> like, even though I, he knows how to do it. Yet he's saying again, in his devotion to God, he's saying, I need more of that multiplication in my life. I need more of that clarity in my life for me to do what God is calling me to do. God is our supplier and he's the one who anoints us. When we pursue Jesus in prayer as a church, we will see the devotion of our lives to him, creating us the multiplication of his anointing to reach lost people and to give clarity of the gospel. Go spend time with Jesus and you'll know how to preach Jesus. Because when the people go, well, I did that whole church thing, and you go, no, 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 no. This ain't about church thing. No, no, I'm, I'm asking you, have you encountered Jesus? Have you experienced who he is? See, that's more than just coming and sitting in a pew and singing hallelujah. When you experience him on your own, you won't have to have anybody tell you, get to the church house and pray and be a part of worship. It'll innately consume you. You know, when I got saved, I didn't miss a single church service. One time my mom got up at like 7.30 in the morning and I was already at the church. I was there when Pastor Childs was there. Was I sitting in Pastor Shiles' office? No, I was in the sanctuary praying. And my mom calls me, where are you? She's worried. I'm like, I'm at church. She's like, well, you didn't even decide to think to wait on me? I was like, no, mom, I was ready to go. I'm ready to go to church. No one had to beg me to come. No one had to prod me to come. No one had to, to work me up. Or, We're giving away a grill. Come to church for Father's Day. No one had to do any of that. Why? Because I was so devoted to him and my focus was so on him. I wanted to be where he was. I wanted to be where his people were. I wanted to be where worship was unto him. And you see, as a church, that's what we have to desire. Paul understood this and he knew that he, he needed to pray. He needed to be doing this so that God would give him the clarity. He knew that he needed to be in pursuit of this so he could do God's work and so that he wouldn't do it without God because Paul had some pride. Paul was the Pharisee of Pharisees. He was really good about doing things on, in his own strength and ability. Remember, remember what it says in 2 Corinthians 12? When I was weak, he was made strong. Why is he saying that? He's saying, because I had to learn on all these years that I had to put myself to the side and I had to focus on Jesus. Last scripture, I still have one more point. It's okay. Last scripture is 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 13 through 15. It says, Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their hearts or their threats. Do not be frightened, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. That means worship God. Devote yourself to God as Lord and always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. 
See, God will give you the answer. Some of you are scared to share Jesus because you think you won't have the answers. Well, I'm gonna let you know that the Holy Spirit is the greatest teacher of all. And in your moments when you don't know how to answer, he will suddenly give you the answer. He will suddenly equip you. But if you are not devoting yourself to him and saying to him, I'm ready whenever you are. I'm ready to, to, to speak whenever you are ready to speak. And if you're not walking in that closeness to him, then how are you gonna know later what his clear voice sounds like? Devotion. By pursuing God and being devoted to him, he will give you all that you need when you need it. When you need it. The last point, I'll just give it anyways, might as well. The last point is this. Devotion to God or to Jesus isn't just in prayer alone, but it's in the action of your life. Do you understand that it's not about what you speak? What you speak is half of it. What you do is the other half. Are we doing that as a church? When you pray for someone, do you pray for them? I challenge every person in this room, the next time you say, oh, Betsy, I'll pray for you, grab her hand, say, let's pray right now. You pray right then. See what happens. You know why? Because you'll, you'll forget. Because you're human like me. You'll forget. You'll forget, and then you'll feel, then the devil will bring it up later. Oh, you awful Christian. You forgot to pray for sister blah, blah, blah. And she asked you to today. And she said, please don't forget about me. And you forgot about her. You see, but if you take action in that moment, and you live it, and you breathe it, and it's who you are, then you'll say in that moment, nah, I don't care that I'm in the supermarket, and there's 15 people behind me, and the cashier needs prayer. And if I pray, some Joe behind me is going to throw his oranges at me and get angry. Who cares? Who cares? Because that moment could save her soul. That moment could be a turning point in her life. That moment could be what changes. And then she says, what church do you go to? What are you a part of? And, and then all of a sudden, here you are. And here she is coming to church the next Sunday, the next Wednesday, whatever it may be. Don't wait, but take action in those moments. Faith without work is dead faith. It's pointless faith. We must live the gospel out, not just in our words. Our world has become the world of words. What do you mean? Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all words. It's all fake. And then you meet that person in real life and they're not even close to what they promote. See, the church can't be that. Because if the church is that, then it's not authentic. And if it's not authentic, then how can we walk and carry the anointing of God? Jesus said in the last days, there'll be many There'll be many who walk in a form of godliness but lack all the power. They'll have zero power. I don't want to be that church. I don't want to be that Christian. We must be wise in the way that we act towards outsiders. We must make most of every opportunity, make the most of it. We must let our conversations be about grace, seasoned what with salt. I just had this thought. You know, Jesus says, don't let the salt become, you know, not be salty anymore. He says that, right? But I never heard him say he can't pour more salt on salt. I never, say, I never heard him say you can't make salt saltier. Because you can, right? You just put more salt on it. Let's be salty, right? <laughs> as backward as that sounds. <laughs> you know, that's the term today. Don't be salty. Let's be salty for Jesus. Why? Because if we're that and the world has no flavor, they'll taste something. Yeah. What is that? What are you offering me? This tastes different. 
this has something to it. What is this? But you see, if we lose that, then we're no, no better than anything else. What are we doing as a church? Where is our devotion? To conclude this, I just want us to pray. And I would ask this one thing. Please come to prayer. Please come to prayer. Please, if you can't because you're disabled, I'm not holding it against you. But when we pray, get on your knees or lay in your bed and pray at the same time. But if you're able, if you're able and you're young, Mom, I don't care if you got 25 kids. Bring every one of them in here. It could be a madhouse. Who cares? Be at prayer. Be at prayer. I know a church in Dallas, and a lot of you may have heard their music before, and their name is Upper Room. And I don't, I don't need your opinion on it. But what I need you to know is, do you know what that church was birthed out of? Because I heard the real, true, that church was birthed out of prayer. Did you know that church is probably one of the biggest churches now in the entire Metroplex? And did you know that they pray all day, every day, three times a day in their church? Did you know at three times a day, 6 a.m., 12 p.m., 6 p.m., they have over 100 people in their church praying at all those times. Did you know they're not the same people? How do you know that, Pastor Reese? Because I've gone. And I've sat in their sanctuary and I watched God use me to speak into a young man's life. And he was about to kill himself that day, but he decided to come to prayer. And God set him free from his depression. What if that prayer meeting wouldn't have been there? He may not be here. Just come to one prayer meeting once a week. Please, please, let's pray. Father, I thank you that you've called us to prayer. And as we do this now, God, I pray that the Holy Spirit would put in us a devotion for this. God, not just personally, because Lord, yes, you call us to personal devotion. You call us to the secret place. You call us to draw near to you in that place. But God, you called the church to come together as the body. And Lord, you didn't pour the Holy Spirit out on Peter while he was alone at home sitting in his prayer closet. You poured the Holy Spirit out to the 120 that were gathered together, waiting in expectation of you to move, God. And so, Lord, I pray that that would be our heart's desire, to be devoted as a body to prayer, that that would be where we start, Lord, that that would be the focus. And, Lord, if people are too busy, I pray that they would get unbusy. I pray that you take all the busyness away. And Lord, if they're not willing, then they're not willing. But God, let the ones that are willing be here. Because Lord, I truly believe if we came together as a church, every single person in this room on a Tuesday night, we would see the manifestation of God. And I think, Lord, people would begin to be turned and drawn to come to this place. And I think people in this room would be equipped and anointed to do the work because why? because they would be devoted to you in prayer that's where it starts Jesus so fill our hearts with a devotion for prayer could we all do this could every one of us raise our hands to God and say God I devote myself to you in prayer I devote myself to you in this body, if I'm gonna be a part of Trinity Life Church, I'm gonna be a part of the prayer meetings. I'm gonna be a part of the prayer times, whether it's in the morning, that morning from, from 10 to 11, 
on Tuesdays or whether it's on Tuesdays from 6.30 to 7.30. Lord, I'm gonna be there at least once, at least once a month. And, and Lord, all of a sudden, the once a month will turn to two times and then three times and then four times. And then all of a sudden, the awakening will happen. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you can do this and I ask that you would do it. Put it in our hearts, Father. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Amen. I wanna share this one last thing, this one last look. As soon as I thought of, it, uh, of this person, she came in, Catherine. I'm not trying to point you out. You're amazing. But I remember Catherine started coming to prayer and, and this is part of her testimony. You can ask her later. But Catherine started to come to prayer and I remember one, we used to do it on Thursday nights too. But I remember one prayer night, we were at the old building and the Lord gave me a word for Catherine. And it was so overwhelming because we were all together in a circle just praying. And I just remember speaking into her life. And she dates back to that night being the night when God did a spiritual awakening in her life. And it started from just coming to prayer. And that wasn't the first time she'd been there. See? That's where it starts. It starts with prayer.